0: Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Today, uh, in the first part and even the second part, what I would like to do is two things. First, Interact with your comments, so please make sure you send us comments or questions. And number two, I'm gonna go through a number of recent Facebook posts or challenges that we had and just give you the rationale and the reason behind it. I felt like in person rather than me trying to explain it in typing and uh, you know, trying to also give you comments and things like that. Oftentimes, uh, things can be lost in translation, literally. Uh, so that's extremely important for us to be able to help you uh, get the idea and the rationale as to why I was thinking this way. Why did I have a post uh, on Facebook that says this or that? So that hopefully you can use these kind of things in your own ministry and in your own interactions, basically, with our Muslim friends. So with that says, I am going, for instance, to start with uh, one of our most recent post. uh, That was on March 6th. And we called it the dilemma of Islamic counterfeits. The dilemma of Islamic counterfeit. This is a new series that I started recently. This particular uh, counterfeit dilemma says the Quran speaks of a cross. We're talking about the cross of Christ here. Speaks of a cross that is a counterfeit. The one who died on it is unknown and was used as a replacement For the real Jesus to deceive humanity. Let's unpack this. Muslims deny that the cross ever took place. They will argue that Jesus wasn't even crucified. If you go and read all the commentaries uh, on uh, the Quranic commentaries on chapter uh, basically 4 verse 157 of the Quran where it says, They did not kill him nor crucify him, but he was made to look uh, like, like him. It's talking about supposedly that Jesus was thought to be crucified by the Jews. And it turned out that God, the God of Islam in this case, placed someone else on the cross that made him to look like Jesus. And that's the one who was crucified. And somehow humanity was deceived for 600 years to until discover that Jesus wasn't crucified when Muhammad basically came into the scene. Now think about this logic. Islam denies the cross, yet... The God of Islam couldn't really do anything or do away with it, so he had to concoct another story about a different cross. What does that tell you? That in and of itself is a proof the cross took place. Otherwise, the author of the Quran couldn't deny the historiosity of the cross. All he did is say something weak like this and lame and say, oh, it wasn't Jesus actually. It was someone else to look like Jesus that uh, the commentaries will say, it'll tell you like one of the disciples agreed to take Jesus's place. And sometimes they'll say all of the 13 disciples in that room. Uh, and some of them will give you no number at all. will say all of them became like Jesus. And when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, they didn't know which one was Jesus. And sometimes they will teach you that a certain Judas uh, became uh, like Jesus. And sometimes, say, the, the leader of the guard or the captain of the guard walked into the house, was transformed to look like Jesus, came back outside the house, and then the soldiers, his children, arrested him thinking that he was Jesus. I mean, what a really a, a, a headache-generating story, actually. So, this is a counterfeit. The Quran says no crucifixion, yet there is another crucifixion. It wasn't Jesus, but it was another guy who looks like Jesus. And at the end of the day, the God of Islam actually in verse 158 that followed was bragging that he actually a master deceiver who deceived all of humanity. Now think about it for a second here. How would you, you know, why would you follow a God? I'm speaking to you, my Muslim friends. Why would you follow a God that deceived Christians and Jews? In other words, he invented the cross that the Christians and Jews uh, basically either agree or disagree on. He invented the crucifixion of Christ that the Christians believed in and then waited 600 years to come back and say, Gotcha, I changed my mind. I want to have to tell you now that I really lied to you. Wow, what an impressive God, actually. Yeah, you would like to follow a God like this. You can trust him with your life, actually. I mean, give me a break. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, of course, that uh, is extremely illogical, to say the least. So, that's the reason why I came up with this title, and that's the reason why I wanted to share with you the rationale behind it. Now, let's go to another post. If you have any questions about this post, by the way, feel free to go ahead and... uh, uh, mention it to us or make a comment about it, and we periodically will look at your comments. For instance, Ann Ryan is saying, They schemed, so Allah schemed. That's basically the reference to the portion or the clause that is found in verse 158. He's bragging. And Allah is the master schemer, it says. You know what? It's not only scheme, it's the word makr, makr, deception. Wa makaru wa makar Allah. Wallahu khairul He is the master deceiver. That's extremely important that we keep an eye on these kind of things. Uh, Mary is saying we have eyewitness accounts. Absolutely. We, meaning when we believe in the cross and the crucifixion, we have eyewitness accounts that can testify to that. All of the apostles lost their life on account of preaching the gospel and the cross. And many who are non-Christians wrote about these events. So we need to be very careful here not to discount the eyewitness Uh, account and importance. Unlike of the prophet of Islam who says he was in a cave, an angel appeared to him and squeezed him. He was terrified, thought he was uh, demonically possessed, and somehow later he discovered that it was Gabriel, like Gabriel was pulling his chain and playing games with him. I mean, come on, folks. This is your eternal life that you're messing with. We have eyewitness account collaborated by testimony by even non-Christians who got nothing else to lose anyway but yet they honestly wrote about what happened and what transpired. So you need to basically pay attention to things that impact your eternal life. Here's another post that was done on March 4th. March 4th. Take a look at it. It's in front of you right now. It says, The Dilemma of Islamic Archaeology. Can any of our Muslim friends present a single archaeological proof that Muhammad is buried in his alleged grave in Medina? You know, I'm going to ask you, I challenge you, prove to us that there is a body in there to begin with and prove to us that that body belongs to Muhammad. You you know, some of the, uh, you know, Muslims said that that was dumb, uh, that they call me delusional among many other beautiful names, of course, as always. But you know what? Take me seriously. This is a serious question and I'm asking you to present your serious evidence. Don't just go around just making accusations and attacking and insulting and think that's a refutation. That's not a refutation. That's a joke, actually, when you say things like this. A refutation is you bring evidence. You say, you know what? This is what we have to prove that Muhammad is buried there. Now, let us be the judge. Let us interact with each other. But at least you took the time to present something to us. But you know, I got nothing. Zero. No argument whatsoever. That's why we put these questions all the time. Believe it or not, we get a lot of ex-Muslims telling us that these challenges actually open their eyes to the truth. I just recently got a note from an ex-Muslim who became a follower of Jesus because of these kind of challenges. So don't think this is a joke. This is serious. And people who think are taking it seriously. We have a comment here from Jacqueline. She's saying the Quran has bits and pieces of the Torah. Muhammad overheard, basically, and he didn't get it. Right at all, you know. I would argue, Jacqueline. Not even he get bits and pieces of Torah. He sometimes even get bits and pieces. Actually, or in this case, I would say big chunks of extra-biblical writings, writings that are apocryphal writing, writings that the rabbis wrote, for instance. An example of that, for instance, you will find in chapter 5, verse 32. Muslims will quote this to you all the time. Whoever kills one person killed all of humanity and say, you see, Islam is a religion of peace. Verse 33 actually shows you Islam that is a religion of violence, but that's for a different show. Nevertheless, they tell you this, but the fact is, those are rabbis who wrote this. Has nothing to do with the scripture. The scripture has nothing to do with it. It's a story basically based on the story of Cain and Abel, and the rabbis wrote their own interpretation of that and came up with their own, uh, basically wise advice, technically speaking. Now we have um, uh, somebody, uh, um, Asia. She said, "Brother Al, Eli- uh, brother Al Fadi." Uh, there is a trinity in the Quran, right? Though they seem to deny it. Well, you know what? There is more than trinity, actually. I would argue that in some verses in the Quran, you have multiple people talking at the same time. So it's not just a trinity. It's like multiple figures, actually. Even the very verse that Muslims would like to use in chapter 112, uh, say Allah is one. It's in Arabic, say Allah. Qul uh, ahad. Ahad, basically in Arabic means one of not an absolute one. So you're you're correct. You know, uh there is multiple versions of the Trinity if you wish. I mean I'll give you just one. There is Allah, there is his word, that's the Quran, and supposedly that the Quran is in preserved tablets next to him, that's two already objects, and then this a preserved tablet, was incarnated in a book called the Quran here. That's three. I mean, just something like this is kind of interesting. Many times you read that he sent his spirit. In fact, in the story of Mary, the spirit of Allah impregnated Mary. I don't want to get into the detail, the disgusting details, actually, of how that took place. Muslims actually argue with us and say, oh, how can God have a son? He must have had a physical relationship. I mean, dirty minds think this way. And apparently the God of Islam is the dirtiest out of all. Because he actually did it in a very disgusting way, the way he explained how that took place. Anyway, that's for another show. You see, we have so many shows to deal with, actually. And uh, Ryan says, Their own bismillah was a letter Solomon wrote to the jinn, uh, basically Sheba. And Sheba, technically speaking, or queen of Sheba. Nevertheless... Muslims will argue that the Basmala, which is Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim in the name of Allah. In the name of Allah, the most merciful, the most compassionate, or uh, basically the one that starts chapters. There's an ag- ar- argument among Muslims and school of Sharia and interpretation whether this was an inspired verse or was it just uh, complimentary written by godly men and they will claim that oh we have it actually in the quran in a surah where solomon wrote a letter and says it is in the name of allah oh so apparently solomon is the one who is the author of bismillah not the god of islam that's kind of funny by the way and the muslims don't think about what they say the prayers the five prayers actually are actually uh courtesy of moses moses Because the story says that Muhammad, uh, during the, in chapter 17, you read about his ascension to heaven. And in the hadith tradition, it will say, oh, when he ascended to heaven, he went to the seventh heaven, he met with his Lord, basically, and he told him that I'm gonna ordain 50 daily prayers to the Muslims. As he was going down, Moses says, hey, uh, Muhammad, uh, wait, 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 wait. What did Allah tell you? He says, 50 prayers. Oh, my man, they're not gonna be able to handle it. You need to go and negotiate ask him to reduce it so he went back and says oh 45 now no 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 They ain't gonna they ain't gonna be able to do this 40 30 20 10 5 does this sound familiar to you the story that we find in Genesis 18 when Abraham was basically negotiating with the Lord to save Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 10 righteous in there I mean, it's kind of funny, really, how, how these stories just get mangled basically together and uh, copied and pasted, and all of a sudden you have a new story that is coming out of them. But it's courtesy of Moses. Solomon wrote the Basmala. Moses decided how many times Muslims will pray. In fact, Moses has more compassion for the Muslims than Muhammad himself, yet he is called to be mercy to mankind. Don't get me started, folks. Now, uh, rightish Matthew saying, Brother Al-Fadi, apparently uh, that Allah also fabricated an empty tomb. Oh, absolutely, he did, because they can't find the body so far. But anyway, who am I, of course, right, uh, to try to think about this? So back again to being serious, I really need my evidence, my archaeological evidence to prove that Muhammad is buried there. I need a DNA testing. So we need to work on how we can accomplish this. Until then, there is nobody other than hot air in that grave, which is basically a fulfillment of the entire mission anyway. Anyway, um, we did some challenges to a, uh, um, you know, a, a friend, let's call him. He claimed to be a pastor, he says, and he left Christianity and now he is a follower of Islam. By the way, it's a joke, the whole thing, actually. We, we knew that he's just fabricating under the guise of Takiyah the fact that he was a Christian. I mean, this is how lame it is. I mean, the guy just wants to claim anything just to prove to you that he left Christianity And now he's a follower of islam why because he wants to deceive people thinking that oh i'm a pastor who knew everything about christianity and now i discovered that it was a lie well let me tell you any pastor who will tell you left christianity and christianity is a lie is a lying pastor because there is no way on earth that that pastor even understood what the bible is saying nor that he was even saved or born again believer and the bible talks about them Go to first, uh, first John, and he says they were, uh, the Antichrist, they were with us, but they're not with us anymore. They left us, basically. So he's talking about the Antichrist spirit. That's the kind of people that claim that they have been pastors, and they left the church. Okay, well, anyway. So the challenge was, uh, the person, basically, you see it right here, he was actually making all kind of challenges. And he wanted to debate, as always, of course. And he wanted to call me uh, on the carpet and he wanted to expose my lies. When I said, okay, no problem, I'll ask you just one simple question. This is apparently my second challenge, actually, which means I did a first one. And I said, present us with a single archaeological proof that Abraham ever visited Mecca. Why did I say this? Because he claimed that Islam is an Abrahamic religion. Okay, okay. Well, prove to me then that Abraham is the author of Islam. The Quran says that Abraham somehow went to Mecca and built the Kaaba. My goodness, we can't find a single evidence in Mecca that Abraham ever made it there. I mean, the Jews lived in Medina. Why didn't they live in Mecca if Abraham lived there? I mean, they would have been better off living in Mecca because that's where their patriarch lived. They love Abraham. They're the descendant of Abraham. Abraham. Why did they not stay in in Mecca? Why did they not live in Mecca and build their basically communities? They lived in Medina. But anyway, that's the kind of stuff that we enjoy doing here for the sole purpose of basically helping you learn about things, engage Muslims with serious challenges and serious discussions, and helping those who are seekers to understand that there is something about Islam that they're missing And they have to be now thinking seriously about it. We want them to be saved from eternal damnation. We love you. Jesus is your way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to heaven except by him, through him. That's what the scripture says. Jesus is your mercy. Jesus is a mercy to mankind. He is the good news for all of humanity. So, now, we are going to keep scrolling, but uh, before I do this, I want to welcome those of you who are listening to our Let Us Reason podcast. This is Alfadi. You're joining us in a topic, basically, that is a normal update from our studio. This it happened to be a special podcast because it's also aired live right now on Facebook as we speak, and later will become also a video that uh, would be in our YouTube channel. So it's almost like we're hitting three birds with one stone. So thank you for your prayer and your support because of you were able to accomplish these things. And I'm going to go now to uh, another post. I'm not going to show you the first challenge that I did for the same person. We're going to jump into uh, basically another one of those um, posts. I had a post that you can see right now in front of you. Uh, This is a new series also that I called Jesus exposes Muhammad. What do I mean by this? In John 8, 44, Jesus said that Satan is a murderer and a liar. In fact, he called them the father of all lies. He's a murderer from the beginning, he says. Satan, according to the traditions of Islam, deceived Muhammad actually into revealing verses Muhammad thought they were from God, from Gabriel. Later, they were termed as the satanic verses. So here is basically uh, what the connection is between Jesus' condemnation of Satan and Satan's uh, basically connection to Muhammad. The Quran contains a lot of passages about violent and killing the non-believers. If Satan is the author of basically lies, who lied to Muhammad and he is a murderer, then one can conclude without a shadow of of a doubt that Satan is the one who inspired many of these passages in the Quran if he fooled Muhammad once, he fooled him twice and thrice and four times and five times. What makes us to believe that he wasn't fooled multiple times? If he couldn't tell the difference between Satan and Gabriel, then we have a problem, actually. And trust me, Houston cannot even help you with this problem because this is an eternal problem as we speak. Now, let's go now to another one of these posts, but I'm going to pause for a second here because I would like to see if any of you have made any comments for us. Um, uh, Yusuf uh, Sawiri said he used the flying donkey as well to travel 1,200 kilometers back and forth. Absolutely. He's talking about the story of the ascension. He used uh, Al-Buraq, his name. We don't know if it is a donkey, a horse, a camel. It's a heavenly, basically, animal with wings. Took him from Mecca to what we call today Jerusalem prayed there where there is the dome of the rock ascended to heaven and came back again. At least that's the story. And uh, Ron Lewis is saying at Mecca near the Kaaba. I think uh, Ron Lewis is uh, talking about basically uh, the fake Abrahamic footprints. Uh, That's indeed you can always Google the Abrahamic station, by the way, and you are going to come across images of supposedly footprints. That are imprinted in a mud. And they're golden plated. They're inside a gold plated basically station. Facing the Kaaba. And supposedly those are the footprints of Abraham. And when he was standing. And building the Kaaba. My goodness. My goodness. Isn't that idolatry? I mean I'm just saying. Now we have. Uh, Hakub uh, Torian is saying. Why Muhammad after meeting Allah. Uses the word. Wasalam doesn't that mean saluting or submitting? I'm not so sure really um what you mean by that uh but I'm going to take a shot at it. Um uh, are you talking about calling him sallallahu alayhi wasallam or are you talking about he basically saluted Allah? Uh I mean you have to be cl- uh, clarify this but if you're talking about saluting Allah basically uh that's the word salam. and uh if you're talking about submission also, that's the phrase used for uh, to istislam, was teslam, okay? And Islam is the word for submission, not for peace. Salam, peace. Islam is submission. Salam, salute. Istislam, submitted. So you have to really be clear for me about what exactly are you trying to get out of this. Now, um, let's look at uh, this particular uh, post that you will see in front of you. It's called The Dilemma of Islamic Counterfeits. The Dilemma of Islamic Counterfeits. One of those, again, that I mentioned to you uh, earlier. And it says the Quran speaks of a fake Jesus who is called Isa, yet he is not Yahshua, the son of God. Now, I want to stop here because really uh, we need to unpack this, uh, uh, you know, uh, in a longer uh, time because I have only about two minutes left to wrap up the Let Us Reason podcast. So thank you again for those of you who are joining us for Let Us Reason. Uh, Hopefully, you've enjoyed this special live, basically show on Facebook and podcast at the same time. And uh, the topic here was just an overview of a number of our Facebook uh, most recent, basically, posts. I wanted to unpack them with you live, tell you the rationale behind why we did what we did. As always, I want to encourage uh, those of you who have yet to subscribe to our YouTube channel, it's called CIRAInternational.com. Uh, 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 the website, I should say, CIRAInternational.com. The YouTube channel is called Sierra International. That's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. And of course, if you want to listen to these podcasts, you can go to our website, CIRAInternational.com. We have a section there called Let Us Reason. My understanding also is you can search for it under SoundClouds, under Spotify, under iTunes, under uh, Omni Studio. And you'll be able to find this as well. So, we hope that you will enjoy listening to all of the previous archive shows. It's a little over five years now uh, since we started this show. So, thank you again, of course, for joining us as always. And we ask uh, that you prayerfully consider also when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International, that you also consider to become a patron through patreon just click on the link for patreon become a patron and you can give as little as one dollar and as much as the lord put on your heart and uh, uh, i would like also to encourage you to share this information with others as well we're always looking for more patrons and more subscribers as well and we want you to share this information with others those who are working among muslims or if you are in groups that there are muslims in there so that hopefully The Lord will use these uh, posts to open their heart and their mind to seek the truth.